And it was, a, it was such a, just a little touch of delight for me um, that I just needed. I just needed that night. Uh, Psalm 37 reads like this. Um, don't fret because of evildoers. Don't be jealous of those who do wrong because they'll fade fast like grass. They'll wither like green vegetables. But trust the Lord and do good. Live in the land. to have you in here. I mean, it's great to have everybody who's in here, in here. Um, confirmation. It's great to have you in here this morning. And today we're going to talk about delighting in the Lord. We're going to talk about audio stereograms. We're going to talk about shepherd fairy. And we're going to talk about etch-a-sketch. All right? And you may not know what any of those things are, but you're going to find out uh, very quickly here. Um, the, uh, we've been talking about... Do I need it? Can you all hear me without it? Yeah? No? Maybe go for it? Okay. Um, so with Psalm 37, we've been talking about um, this idea that to enter into God's community of God, to get onto that path. Gosh, you can I'm working. I'm, I'm, I'm watching that clock. I'm working. All right. Um, to enter into communion with God, there's, um, to, get, to get on that path takes commitment, right? Commitment to God. To, to kind of be on that path requires a trust, a leaning into who God is. And this morning I want to explore this idea to remain on that path. There's an invitation to delight in the Lord, to enjoy the Lord. Um, and so that's what we're going to look at today. Um, an audio stereogram. Does anyone know what this is? These, this picture of dots. Um, if you know what it is, you can start working to see if you can find the image. But here's what this is if you don't know. It's a, it's a picture with a bunch of dots, a two-dimensional picture. And if you look at it in a certain way, a three-dimensional image will appear. And here's the trick. From the side, it would be very difficult. Oh, okay. <laughs> Today's the day, Janine. Uh, if, you, if you see the image, holler. No, actually, don't holler. You might ruin it for everyone. Um, here's the trick, though. To see the image of an audio stereogram, you have to look through the image. Look through the image. And something fresh and three-dimensional will emerge. Cast your eyes beyond the image towards something else. And something new will emerge. And unfortunately, we're not going to take the time for you all to get it right now. But afterwards, afterwards, you might see what's there. Um, I'll let you keep working while I talk. Psalm 37. Psalm 37 is kind of like an auto stereogram. 
The people, it's written during post-exile. So people of God go to exile. They're there. They're outside of their home. And they have to return to Jerusalem. And when they return to Jerusalem, expecting life to be what it was when they first left, they come back and their city is completely in ruins. All they see is rock upon rock. Um, It's a whole new situation from what they expected. And Psalm 37 is this invitation, kind of like an auto-stereogram, for the people to look through the rubble of their homeland, to look through the unexpected devastation that they had come back to, and to see something different because of who God is, because of what God promises to do in their situation, and in their life. Um, There's lots of uh, passages that have invitations like this. But for Psalm 37, it's it's an invitation. Look through the devastation and commit to the Lord. Look through the rubble and trust that God is here. Look through what you see in front of you and delight and enjoy the Lord. Is like a little baby Levi. Um, there's moments of joy, even in, even in this situation. Isaiah writes about this too. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to talk all about this, but in Isaiah 56 through 66, Isaiah is addressing the people um, who have returned from exile and giving them a word. Um, and again, when they, when they got back to Jerusalem, what they expected was their homeland. And what they got was kind of the space, the place, but everything was in ruins. Um, and in order to delight in the Lord, they, they needed to look through what was right in front of them. Not ignore it. They had work to do. Not pretend it wasn't there. They couldn't. This is where they were going to live. Not to deny that it happened, absolutely not. But to look through the rubble to see if something new um, might emerge. I've been watching a lot of comedians these days. I think I've told you that. Some of them are great. Some of them not so great. Um, But I don't know why. That's just what I've been watching when I'm kind of blanking out. And there's a guy named Sebastian Maniscalco. Do you guys know this comedian? Ari loves him. He's an Italian comedian, and um, he reminds her of one of her uncles. Um, And so we watch him from time to time, and he's got some great stuff. But he's got this Netflix special, which is okay, but I love the title. I connect with the title. And the title is, is it me? Like, I was talking to my brother-in-law the other day. Is it me, or is, like, the world just kind of upside down right now? Is it me, or is, is this... Is there just like lots of strange things happening? If you watch, anyways, I digress. Um, we can all think of the different, different examples where I just kind of go, hmm, okay, what, what's going on here? Um, another thing Ari and I have been doing is we've been trying to decorate our house, kind of put some, some, some kind of like, we're, 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 we're pathetic guys, but like trying to put some new life up onto the walls, maybe some new images, 
Um, and we, we, we tend to gravitate to an artist named Shepard Ferry. And some of you know Shepard Ferry because he's an L.A. artist and he's donated artwork to the IRC Gala every year. And it always um, is a big hit. Um, but this one is one that we kind of gravitated to. Um, I was looking for maybe something with a wave, something with like a tide because I was wanting just this reminder of kind of the inward and outward flow. And when we found this, I was at first gravitated toward it. And then when I read about it, I wasn't so sure because it's called the wave of distress. Um, and kind of the idea behind it for Shepherd Ferry is that if we watch the waves right now, the waves are distressed. Um, the, the weather, the tsunamis, the, the, the pollution. And if, and if the waves are distressed, his, his invitation is that there's distress in many, many other places in our world. And so immediately I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want this image anymore, never mind, that's not what I need. And then, and then as, as I've settled in, and I'll say more later, I, I'm still kind of gravitating to that. Because we're not walking back to a, 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 you know, a, a broken down city like the exiles were, but we've got, we've got distress in our, in our world. Um, there's political unrest, obviously. Um, we saw that this week. Um, I, I've thought about educational shifts that affect our kids, that affect many of, many of you who work in education. There's, there's major shifts going on that are, we're, we're sorting out. Um, economic instability, we've talked about devastation in Maui. Um, and, and all sorts of other elements of distress that, that I think we aren't invited to ignore or deny. Um, but that are there, they need to be faced. Um, we, uh, I don't know if, I'm just because I'm a pastor, but my social media peppers me with articles about the church right now. Uh, maybe, I'm not, maybe I'm the only one, maybe some of you get it, but articles about 40 million people leaving the church over the last 20 years. Um, articles about um, clergy leaving every month friends who are in that spot. Um, articles, interestingly, this week in the Washington Post about a man who's left the church and is writing about what he calls a church-sized hole in his life because he's felt the need to do that. Um, we're in a time of distress. Um, we have, there's relational distress in our families, in our friendships, um, Something kind of close to home here in Mountainside that I just want to name is here at church. Um, I've gone on a camping trip with some friends from, from the church over the last number of years. And this week being um, kind of brought to my attention how whether intended, certainly not intended, um, the impact of that gathering has been real for people and has been painful in different ways, painful or disorienting or confusing or just um, lots of different things. Um, and so it's a, it's a moment of distress, I think, even now as I and, and a few others kind of sort through, all right, what, is, what do we do with that reality um, of an intended, you know, gathering with, with um, particular intentions and yet which is impact has been one that has been painful. But here's the thing. Whatever the distress is, um, 
if God can meet the people of Israel in exile and in return with a city that is just crushed, God can meet us in our distress. Whatever it is, whichever one connects with you, whatever distress comes to your mind as you hear that, um, as you look at this wave, if the God of new things can meet the people of Israel as they returned to devastation, God can meet us right where we are, no matter what is going on. And I think the invitation is, is, is similar to Psalm 37. Can we look through our distress? Not, not to ignore it, not to deny it, not to not address it. But can we have the hope to look through our distress to commit to God, to trust in God, to delight in God and see what might emerge um, that's different and that's new. Um, in, in Isaiah chapter 61, it's this scene of the Israelites looking at their, at their homeland that's in, in rubble. And um, the prophet Isaiah comes with a word from Isaiah 61. A quick backdrop. The people of God had a bunch of different economic practices that they did. You've heard about many of them. One is tithing, right? The people of God, they tithe. So they would bring 10% of their harvest or their money, and they would bring it to the temple weekly or monthly, and that money would be given so that priests could eat and the poor would, would have what they need. And this was a practice that the people of God implemented um, in, the, in the Hebrew Scriptures. A second practice was that of gleaning. You know what gleaning is? Gleaning was harvesting all of your crop except for the edge, except for the, the very edge. And you would leave the very edge unharvested so that sojourners, immigrants, people who are traveling could pick food off of your harvest as they traveled, as they went their way. And so the, the Israelites would practice this. Um, a third thing they would practice is Sabbath. One day a week, they would stop working. They would stop producing and they would rest. And then even one year out of every seven years, they would take a year and they would rest and they would not work and they would re, re, recharge. And these laws were intended to shape God's people to be a generous people, to be a people who were gracious, to be a people who recognized that celebration and gathering was just as important, if not more so, for life than producing and, and then working. Um, but they had, a, they had another practice as well that they, that they were invited into, which was called Jubilee. And Jubilee was basically that every 50 years, so seven Sabbath sessions, if you will, of seven years, every 50 years, Jubilee would come. And when Jubilee came, they were to clear everyone's debts, set all prisoners free. Anyone who owed debts wouldn't, wouldn't be owed that anymore. People who had lost ancestral land due to whatever reason were given that land back. Captives were set free as well. 
It was a year, it was to be a year of jubilee. Um, it was kind of like an etch-a-sketch. You guys know what an etch-a-sketch is? What? Elf? Was that in the movie? Oh, this is amazing. I love it. They're, we're tracking. So this is like my iPhone, right? I didn't have an iPhone when I went out to dinner or with my, with my parents or whatever. But you would have an Etch-A-Sketch and you would just kind of doodle or whatever on this thing. And then what happens, Lincoln, if you shake it? Do you know? It erases, right? So Jubilee was this kind of like Etch-A-Sketch moment where God called God's people to just kind of shake, shake it all up and clear the slate, um, and have a new start. Here's the thing. There is no evidence in the Hebrew scriptures that this ever happened. There's no evidence that Jubilee was something that was implemented. Um, And you can understand why. It's a big ask of people who have stuff. And recognize or think that it's theirs to hold on to. And they've earned it. Or they're owed it. Um, when, when the people of God went into exile. Some of the prophets interpreted that, that being taken into exile. As um, God's punishment for their sin. Um, that there was somehow uh, sin was involved in why they were in exile. And, and some of that might have been not honoring the Jubilee, um, not implementing that practice. But here's what's wild. When, when the exiles return home and they're looking at this rubble, they're looking at the, the distress that's in front of them, just like we do. Isaiah comes to them with a word. And Isaiah says to them, The Lord God's spirit is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He sent me to bring good news to the poor. To bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim release to the captives and liberation for prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor And a day of vindication for our God to comfort all who mourn. The people of God are standing and they're staring at this distress in front of them. People who had never honored Jubilee. um, And the word from Isaiah is look through this rubble to Jubilee. Look through this distress and let the vision of Jubilee guide you as you move forward and take your next steps to rebuilding um, what has been torn down. Um, It's a new start. It's a hard start. It's an uncomfortable start. There's a lot of work. But it's a new start and something fresh and new can emerge. If we look through it, Isaiah seems to be saying, with jubilee in mind. Um, 
And I just wonder if it's a, 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 a powerful image for us, like Psalm 37. God, help me to look through the economic challenges that I face, that you face, that we face. God, help me to look through political unrest and how that leaks into relationships and family and friends. Maybe it's leaked through so much that you don't even have friends who aren't of your political party. God, help me to face, help me to face that reality and the problematic elements of that. But God, help me to look through that, that something new is on the horizon. Something new can emerge. Um, Help me to commit trust and delight in you. Um, And the prophet goes on and says, if if they're to do that, um, God will provide for Zion's mourners and give them a garland. Some translations is a crown instead of ashes. Um, God will give us joy in place of our mourning. Um, That a mantle of praise will be given in place of discouragement or or despair. Um, And that if we're able to kind of look through our circumstances, look through the challenging things at work or school, in the hallways of our middle schools or our high schools, um, and the images on social media that kind of stir us in ways that we're not so sure about. If we're able to look through those things with hope that God can do something different and new, um, what in the world happened? I've been clicking backwards, haven't I? Isaiah says, they'll be called oaks of righteousness planted by the Lord. They'll rebuild the ancient ruins that are in front of them. They'll restore formerly deserted places, renew ruined cities, places that have been deserted for generations past. The kids are going to be returning soon. Um, But again, I think the invitation this morning is the path of communion with God begins with commitment to God. Um, That's a big ask for people in this room. I'm not not, um, naive to that. Um, There's an invitation from the loving and living God. Um, It's an invitation to trust. That the God who loves and has created this world is with us in our distress. Um, And there's an invitation to look through our distress to the promises of God, for newness. And to allow that vision to shape how we take our next steps forward um, in moving through life um, together. Um. Like I mentioned, I was looking for a, a picture with some water. 
and we came upon this, and I was immediately excited because I like Shepherd Ferry, and and then I heard about kind of the 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 sense of what it was about, and I was like, oh, I don't know if that's what I'm looking for. It's powerful. It's good. It's, but I don't know if I want that on our wall or my wall. And then I and then I had this thought: Look, within waves of distress is the inward and outward journey of the tide. No matter what the wave looks like, if the wave is glorious and long and you can ride it as long as you want, um, if the wave is small and perfect for swimming in and having great pleasure as you swim around, if the wave is um, distress, um, no matter what the wave is, there is an inward and outward flow of the tide. Um, the inward journey of knowing and delighting in God, trusting and committing to God. The outward journey of going with God, facing the beauty and the challenges of the world that we live in. Um, inward and outward. Delighting and enjoying God's presence that is with us no matter what is going on. Um, Paul picks up this when he writes, We know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God for those who are called according to his purpose. And this is Paul facing trials, tribulations. Like, this is not denial of what's real and in front of us. But this, too, is an invitation, no matter what we're facing, to trust that God is doing and holding all of it um, together. Oh, I thought I had another. Oh, my goodness. Well, tech was working hard against me today. Um, I pray, um, I pray that somewhere in there there's a living word um, for us. What I wanted to end on was the auto stereogram to see if anybody would get that. But um, can I get? Can I pull that up, Tim? Can you pull that up? The auto stereogram. The picture of Jonathan's dad. Can anyone see it? It's a what, Daniel? It's a shark. Look for the shark. <laughs> yeah, Nate sees it. <laughs> Faith. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah. Can you guys see it? Anyone? There's no shark? There's a shark. I've seen it. It's not. Daniel saw it. What? But you couldn't see it on this screen, but you couldn't. There is. All right, look it up online when you go home. 
phone being used? <laughs> you saw it because you took a picture? So take a picture of it. There we go. Musicians, will you come forward while everyone else takes pictures and looks for the shark? It's that color. <laughs> Whatever that color is. Let's, uh, let's sing a song together um, as we wait for our other friends to join us. They should be here any minute. And then um, once they come, we'll, we'll wrap that up and then Laura is going to come and, and lead us in Eucharist. Let me pray for us as we get ready to sing. God, we, um, we thank you for um, your movement throughout history that... Um, Despite what we face as people, as a church, as a world, um, you're not done with us. And in fact, God, you want and call us to delight in you and to trust you, um, trust you to be with us, trust you to love us, trust you to give us courage where we need it, um, trust you to give us fruits of your spirit, joy and peace. Trust you to move us through the challenging processes of forgiveness and reconciliation towards newness that you have for us. And so God, we just pray that you would do that. We thank you that you're moving among us. We thank you that you will continue to do so. And we pray, God, that you give us the eyes to look through and see our circumstances through your eyes. And with your presence um, in mind. It's the name of Christ that we ask all of this. Amen. Amen.